Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. And welcome back to the podcast. Saul Marquez here. Today I have the amazing Kara Dennis. She's the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Life Sciences at Clarify Health Solutions. Kara is a health tech leader with proven experience building mobile software businesses and teams. She's passionate about life sciences and experience in working with product engineering services and client teams to create new healthcare possibilities. You're listening to this podcast you care about healthcare possibilities. So we're going to dive into some of her thoughts here about what she's doing at Clarify Health. She joined after leading mobile health at Metadata Solutions, where she was responsible for the creation of a comprehensive offering in mobile health. While there, she led experienced teams to create, deliver, and scale the offering, which included technologies for patient patent engagement and also integrated wearable sensor data in the clinical trials. Prior to that, Kara was with McKinsey and Company's healthcare practice, and she's done a mixture of different things in the corporate world for healthcare. So it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Kara. Terrific. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Absolutely. And so we're going to be diving into some of the things that you guys do at Clarify, some bundles, uh, BPCI, et cetera. But what I want to do is uh, sort of get your story. What got you into the healthcare sector to begin with? Yeah, it's actually so a variety of reasons, but uh, one of the interesting uh, drivers is something that didn't even come up on the the bio that you just read. Um, so my first job out of college is actually with Teach for America, and I was teaching uh, middle school students in Harlem. Very so cool. that's that that may be like an entirely different podcast, but <laughs> um, an alarmingly high percentage of the kids I taught had serious asthma. So many kids actually that we had standard protocol for how to deal with asthma attacks in the classroom. I actually have one, uh, on one field trip, I had a kid having such a severe asthma attack that he collapsed. I had to pick him up and put him in a taxi. Actually, he like threw up all over me and all over the taxi, but he had a pacemaker in his pocket with a specific hospital and emergency room that I was supposed to take him to. So we got there and uh, he was fine. Uh, He ended up being fine, but I did observe that a number of health issues kind of related to environment and stress were very pronounced in the community that I taught in. And that was a big driver for when I joined McKinsey um, Mm -hmm. to raise my hand to ask to work on healthcare projects. And from then, the healthcare thing just like took hold. And I loved exploring new therapies and new disease areas. And there was so much interesting work to be done in life sciences, but I also worked for healthcare providers and I was hooked. I haven't escaped to this day. <laughs> That's awesome. So you, you, so you had this experience and wait a minute, this could be better. And uh, you yeah. haven't looked back since. Absolutely. So now you're here, you're doing work with Clarify Health. What do you think is a hot topic, Kara, that uh, needs to be on healthcare leaders' agenda today? And how are you and your organization approaching it? Yeah, I think there's several. But mm-hmm. one that stands out is there's a lot of discussion, interest, exploration, analysis, and I expect there will be more on social determinants of health data. And that's yes. actually, to some extent, connects with the, the story I just told about environmental, environmental factors, stress, 
demographic, socioeconomic status impacting human health. And we certainly, I think there's enormous potential for better understanding social determinants of health data. And by that, I mean, I think data that we can gather associated with an individual who has a medical condition, but data that's on lifestyle, nutrition, sleep, whether the individual lives with other people at home, engagement with community, more basic kind of socio-demographic elements. Those kinds of things um, have real potential, um, not only for helping understand disease and helping identify potential interventions, but as artificial intelligence tools and capabilities are built up across the healthcare system, those elements, the social determinant elements, help with the predictive power of models that are built and of uh, AI tools that are trained. So I think that's going to become very interesting as we think about approaches to either development of new therapies or application of new approaches within the provider setting. There's great potential for improvement in a number of different areas that will come from the insights that we pull out of social determinants of health data. Fascinating. Yeah. And, and so are you guys doing any work at uh, Clarify as it relates to implementing social determinants of health? Very much so, absolutely. And and I think one of the things I just mentioned, which is the social determinant elements are very powerful in our work for risk stratification of patients. Mm-hmm. So that's one core capability of Clarify to get to very sensitive and precise assessments of the risk of uh, patient populations or individual patients. And then also as we make predictions about a journey of care, uh, which is another key element of, of what we do on a daily basis, make, make predictions about a clinical pathway, a series of steps that a patient will go through as a part of the course of their disease or a specific episode. And the power of the, our predictions is greatly strengthened with this type of data. Fascinating. Yeah, it's, uh, it, there's no doubt that the social determinants of health are affecting Everyday outcomes, uh, you know, I just think of, of companies uh, most recently, I, the one that comes to mind is like Lyft, for example. All these, these patients that have no way to get there, they have no car, you know, now they're using technology to help bridge that gap. And as you guys build your decision-making models for providers, what's been one of the key insights you've made here in, in, uh, in this work? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. Just as, as I think about, think, <laughs> the, the, the predictive models, the, um, so I would say on, on the provider side, there's mm-hmm. a variety of elements. There's some elements of it that are like specific to some of our clients. So I'm just trying to think of whether there's example, actually, it may be worth going to a different question and I'll try to think of an example for you and it may be worth coming back to that one. Sure. All right. That sounds, that sounds good. Now, maybe we could visit another area of focus and chat with the listeners about how you guys have created results, improved outcomes by doing things differently. Yeah. So um, a couple of things. One is, I think that 
what we try to pull together in terms of our team and the types of people that, that we've been bringing on board, I think is quite unique in my experience of the health tech landscape. So it's a combination of things. One is a big part of our team comes from the financial services industry, which is interesting and exciting for a couple yeah, of reasons. But our core engineering and product team uh, came from a world where they built portfolio accounting software for hedge funds and large global investment banks. So they had to build a platform that was that was able to scale. It was a true big data platform to take in all different kinds of data, structure it, clean it, process it, and do analyses on it. So that platform, which uh, processed the value of derivatives on a nightly basis, was, was terrifically successful. And then the team wanted to turn their attention to healthcare for a variety of reasons. And so uh, they joined forces with a former senior partner at McKinsey, our current CEO, and decided to work on uh, helping providers make the move to value-based care. So they put together, similar to what they had in financial institutions, a big data platform that scaled quickly, that pulled in data from all over the healthcare ecosystem. And that's what we have today. Same thing, clean it, manage it, uh, make sense of it and build a software platform with intuitive, simple workflows that enable users to pull insights from the data and to guide decision-making. And so I think that the, the angle of pulling this great base of talent from um, an industry that may be quite a bit ahead of where healthcare is today in terms of big data processing and analysis and use of artificial intelligence. I think that was that was a terrific insight and a terrific approach. What we've also done is build out the clinical expertise and the therapeutic area expertise to support it. Because I think anyone who works in healthcare knows that the learning curve to understand healthcare data, healthcare applications, uh, to understand disease, that learning curve is, is real. So we had actually a large number of doctors on staff and a large number of people with deep expertise and experience in provision of care, life sciences, the payer space. So that to me has been the single most exciting thing about Clarify is this combination of incredible talent from those two different sides of the world, if you will, working on these big problems in healthcare. For sure. And if there were a particular niche, say, that you guys have seen some major strides in, in helping your clients, what, what niche would you say that is? Well, so the, the initial area of focus for the company with many of our clients, you know, we, we have a data platform that's quite expansive and that can address a broad range of, of analytical and then clinical pathway workflow challenges within a provider thing. But one of the initial things that uh, made sense to work on with clients was support for uh, bundled payments. Uh -huh. um, and so one of the interesting things that some of your listeners may know, others may not be familiar, but Medicare has a series of, I think, very thoughtfully constructed initiatives to support the transition to value-based care. And they've done it in a very targeted way, which I think is a great approach to getting healthcare providers moving in that direction. I know there's a lot of, if you step back, there's a lot of lamenting about how 
how healthcare is so driven by fee for service and you know you make more money if you do more services how do we move to value based care and i do think that an enormous amount of thought and effort has been putting in to make that move uh, and one of those areas is some of the targeted uh, bundled payments programs including the bipc programs of cms so we've been able to support clients in understanding their performance within those those structured payment models so as they receive a bundled payment from Medicare, we help them make predictions about how much it's likely to, to cost for them to treat their patient population with these payment bundles. So there is clinical and uh, financial or operational components of the analysis and of the performance management. Yeah, that's great. You know, uh, Carol, what a great focus area because as systems do make that transition, it gets confusing and it's easy to get lost. And so I love that, you know, your company's name, Clarify. <laughs> it's just very, uh, very appropriate for, for the work you're doing in bundle payments. You know, it's, it's hard to track and it's hard to understand where, where it's all going. Uh, it sounds like you guys have a great system to help folks understand that. Absolutely. So what, what would you say your proudest leadership moment to date has been in healthcare? Yeah, I would say a couple of things. One is, uh, so as you mentioned in, in the intro, I, I came from MediData Solutions, which you know has, was a fantastic journey and a fantastic step in my career. And I ran our mobile health, our mobile health team, our mobile health business unit, and um, we built a number of offerings really from from the ground up, from an initial conversation with a client who told us, I have this problem and described the problem to us. And we uh, went back and started to put together the beginnings of technology, software, databases that would help them address that problem, um, built it out, tested it with charter clients, you know, tore it apart when it wasn't working and rebuilt it and then got it up and running in clinical trials. And specifically, we, we built um, technology that did a couple of things. It ingested data from wearable devices. So patients in trials could wear something that was fairly simple and intuitive and, and easy for them. And the trial investigator could be gathering data about their mobility, about their sleep about potentially uh, like movement throughout the course of a day and it got some really powerful indicators about patients' quality of life in, you know, potentially a quite seamless way. And there were so many different, you know, as we went around and talked to companies, there were so many different therapeutic areas that were, you know, PA leads would tell me that they really, they would tell me a couple of different things. One is that the, the data that they had available to them to assess the trajectory of disease or response to therapy, that that data was not sufficiently objective, that they were relying on subjective measures from the doctor or the patient, or, you know, they would tell me that the data they had was not sufficiently continuous. There were gaps in their understanding of the, of the patient's progress. Hmm. Um, and so we were able to pull together this more continuous, more objective flow of data on, on how the patient was doing. So, just building, I think that that offering from nothing to use in in clinical trials was really exciting. And and I think to your question about proudest moment, I absolutely think that 
you know, when we would take a look at metrics of our portfolio and see usage of our offering across a variety of different clients, you know, off a, a large base of clients and see actual metrics on clients logging in and, and usage patterns, that was so fulfilling. One of the mm-hmm. most fulfilling things, I think. So that, you know, I would absolutely include as a, as a key element of, of proudest moments. And I have to say the other, the other thing that immediately comes to mind when you ask that question is just the teams that I've been able to build out and work with over the years, because I, you know, there's so much the f- fulfillment that I get out of work that comes from the healthcare problems and the client needs and building the software and seeing technology work its magic. But there's also so much fulfillment that just comes from coming into work every day and working with incredible people who are smart and motivated and excited about helping patients and excited about building technology. And I've had such really just the honor of being able to build out teams and give people, I think, incredible problems to work on Um, and working on those problems myself really hand in hand with them. So that I would include as the second thing. I've just always been so fulfilled by these teams. That's outstanding. Congratulations on that. Nothing like working on uh, on a solution and We all know the cycle for innovation in healthcare is long. And so (laughs) to see something like that develop, right? And then hit the road and see it used uh, in a way that really helps uh, improve outcomes is great. So kudos to you and your teams. I could hear the the passion in your voice as you you talk about them too. (laughs) You're a good leader, Kara, and I'm sure your team know that. And the thing that that comes to mind is, hey, you know, behind every success, there's the obstacles that had to be overcome. Can you share one of those obstacles and and uh, lesson that you learned out of it? Yeah, so many. I, that is again an entire podcast unto itself. All the failures that uh, are all the things that yeah we just had to do better. And I'm definitely a big person where I just like I used to tell my team all the time. If it was easy, someone else would have done it. Like there's so many just day-to-day challenges of, of working in healthcare. And there is nothing that is easy about the data or about the workflow of a clinical trial or about finding patients or anything like that. So a lot, lots to discuss there. One of the things that stands out to me that was actually kind of interesting is back to the what I just described, which was building up this platform for the ingestion and use of, of wearable or Internet of Things data in clinical trials. There was a lot of great use cases and momentum for that. But one of the things that we learned along the way, we had been assuming that the wearables and the data thrown off by the wearables was going to be good enough for use in a clinical trial. And of course, this is with data cleaning and analytics and a set of tools to weed out the problematic data and that kind of thing. But we had to learn through a number of different or work through a number of cycles of trial and error, testing out wearables uh, to to work for the combination of different factors that would make a wearable viable in a clinical trial. And we had to learn about what those different factors were. So for example, I think in early rounds, we probably didn't fully understand how important it was to really understand the ease of use. We used wearables that had great data, but if the patient wore them in the shower, it like would get dripping wet. And then, uh, 
then you just wanted to take it off and not wear it for a period of time. So that was problematic or patients would take them off before they got into the shower and then they would forget to put them back on and we would lose long stretches of data. Mm-hmm. Or we would hear, um, you know, we had, you know, other devices, again, they were terrific, we thought in terms of data quality in our initial testing, um, but we would get feedback from patients that they were um, too big and clunky and uh, too obvious and that the yeah. patients really didn't want anyone to know that they were sick um, and they didn't want to talk about why they were wearing the strange device on their arm. And they didn't, you know, so yeah. the data quality for that in that case didn't offset some of the problematic features of that particular wearable. And then in other instances, we would run into things that maybe weren't a problem for a consumer grade device because a consumer might be able to tolerate gaps in data or issues where they kind of scratch their head and say that data seems problematic, but whatever, I'll move on to the next day and pay attention to the data the next day. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas in a clinical trial, particularly if you ultimately would want an outcome, a clinical endpoint to come from that data, the rigor is, is just much, much higher for not being able to have missing data or not being able to have data that's out of spec. Or, you know, just making sure all da- data is transferred properly. I and mean, there's a lot of those pain points um, that we spent an extensive amount of time working through. But really that, that patient experience and like making sure that upfront, you spend an enormous amount of time doing your testing, doing your user research mm-hmm. to make sure that, that you have like a full seamless end-to-end experience, even starting with at a clinical site, the research coordinator really needs to be able to take something out of a box, to hand it to the patient. The patient needs to be able to just put it on easily. If, it, if that whole process takes like five, 10 minutes, you've kind of lost, you've lost your momentum. Yeah. <laughs> you've lost, you know, the ability to get to a point where the sponsor or investigator of a trial and the site and the patient think this is a good idea. Once you start adding burden, it, it really becomes problematic. So I think I know to answer your question, that I think really putting investment up front and to researching those types of things was a big takeaway of mine and a big you know lesson learned. That's uh, a great, great call out, Kara. And you know, the other thing that comes to mind too is the importance of agility and uh, the ability to have teams pivot on information that may have been wrong. And so what, what would you say was the key to, to helping keep that agility high? Yeah. One thing that does stand out is just thinking of these lessons learned, not as failures, but as, as true like learning opportunities and getting mm-hmm. excited about learning opportunities. So I think that, that having like for me as, as a leader of teams, what I find is critical is to go into every interaction with clients and with the teams, just like truly excited to learn about all the things we could be doing better. That makes all the difference because then even when you're asking a team to redo something that they've done already, you know, they need to pivot and do it differently and think differently, just really managing that and talking about it as an exciting thing. And now we get to try it a different way. That's really important. The, the other thing in terms of staying agile, it kind of goes back to what I mentioned before, just about understanding users, users all across the spectrum. And that's actually another, I think, complex thing about healthcare is there's probably very few solutions where there's really only one user. You've, you know, even if you're often companies that are making something directed at a patient, 
have someone buying the solution that's not the patient. And so there's just so much that goes into understanding the workflow of all parties. But I absolutely think that in order to stay agile, you have to stay very, very close to your clients, the users, others in the workflow, and really immerse yourself in that. And, and for you know teams in the past, that's involved spending, spending a lot of time at trial sites and just a lot of time on the ground with clients understanding like what they do on a day-to-day basis and what they're trying to solve with the solution. Great tips there. Love the approach that you guys have, have taken there and, uh, and the success obviously speaks for itself. Let's pretend that you and I, Kara, are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in the business of healthcare. It's the ABCs of Kara Dennis. And so I've got four questions, lightning round style, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Awesome. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? True, uh, deep understanding of disease, including the social determinants of health that are associated with that disease. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Making assumptions that are not, that don't have a deep foundation in the patient or the user of a healthcare solution. Love it. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? You have to embrace the change. I think change is a constant within healthcare. And so building a core capability within your company to be excited about learning and adapting to that change. What's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization? Absolutely, the the patient. And absolutely getting to better care for the patient by better articulation and understanding of, of patient journey. And what book would you recommend, Kara, to the listeners as part of the syllabus? I really do like The Emperor of All Maladies. Uh, great overall, but in particular for a healthcare audience. That's a fantastic one. Love it. So listeners, Kara's given us some great pearls of wisdom here in this mini syllabus for you. The full transcript of our interview, links to their company, they're all available at, at, on the website. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash clarify. You're going to find everything there. This has been a ton of fun, Kara. I'd love if before we concluded, you could just share a closing thought with the listeners and then the best place where they could follow or get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I, you know, I think closing thought really is that this is such an exciting time to be in healthcare. I think what I'm seeing at Clarify is the integration of best-in-class solutions and that platforms, big data, artificial intelligence from other industries, I do feel like are at long last making their way into healthcare. And that's going to be a terrific benefit for all of us that work in healthcare and health tech. So that is just a really exciting time. And I do think a very interesting inflection point for many of us. So that's great. And you can find me LinkedIn, Twitter, email. I'm Kara at Clarify Health. Dot com, maybe the best way. And thank you so much for this. It's such a pleasure and really excited to have this conversation. Kara, it's been a pleasure and uh, looking forward to hearing how you guys do your amazing work uh, moving forward. Thanks for spending time with us. Fantastic. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 